Shall we begin? Why not? Welcome to Frankie Sense and More. It's like she's got a whole lot of goodness for you with a little bit of sass. Frankie, did you just say... She sure did. Not to mention, along with... Whoops. Join us now as Frankie Picasso and her new co-host mix it up with authors, musicians, and interviews with world-changing people. Let's begin Okay, let's begin now, because it only makes sense. Okay, yeah, it only makes sense to start right now. I got three beautiful people sitting in front of me. Uh, welcome to Frankie Sense and More, everybody. Before I start the show today, I do want to um, give tribute. You'll see I am wearing a Maple Leaf hockey jersey, and many, many, many people across Canada today are wearing jerseys of any sports team that they feel an affinity for because um, last week in Saskatchewan, a junior hockey team was on a bus going to a game and a transport truck hit them and 16 of the players or people associated with the team died and um, another 14 were hospitalized. And you have to understand, I mean, it's a tragedy all the way around, but it's a little town. Humboldt, Saskatchewan is a little town of about 5,800 people. So everybody knew everybody and it's just, a, you know, a tragic loss all the way around. Um, one of the, if there's a good thing that could come out of it, 60, I think 63 countries contributed to their GoFundMe campaign. Uh, this morning, I think there was over $9 million in that, in that fund. And apparently it's going to take months and months for that money to be distributed. And I want to talk to my panel here today about that too, because there was a couple little things that, you know, came up and I was a little bit disappointed about, but we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. Let me just introduce you to a happy, a happier <laughs> moment in my day. Uh, and it's an absolute pleasure to introduce you all. And I think it's kind of a new paradigm uh, shift that's happening. Maybe not new for those who are living it, but for those of us who are not quote unquote living with a disability. I don't think that when we think of someone in a wheelchair or someone who was blind, that our minds automatically go to, oh, look, there goes an archery champion, uh, like Alec Dennis. Dan Alec, raise your hand. Or, you know, John Thurston, paraplegic who water skis. Or even Linda Todd, who is legally blind and was a star of a documentary where she taught disabled people how to throw an axe competitively. I mean, I love it. She's, she's too much. So, you know, I might be jumping the gun by a few days, but next week begins National Volunteer Week. And all three of these great folks in front of me today volunteer and give their time to Active Together Adventures. Linda and Alec are co-chairs and coordinators. And John is a curling coordinator um, for that program. and you know, they encourage those with what Linda calls inconveniences uh, to get active, get out there and do things, things that they maybe aren't used to doing. And, you know, also coming up and one of the reasons for uh, this particular show is that near the end of May into June 2nd, I think is National Accessibility Week, which was first started by Rick Hansen. And Linda is the 2018 chairperson for National Accessibility Week in Peterborough. So let's meet our guests and Let's talk and look at what access looks like. Welcome. Hi, Frankie. Hi. 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 Okay. Well, you know, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start with. Um, well, first of all, Linda was on was on um, Mission Unstoppable last week, and you guys got to know a little bit about her. So let, let's meet her her partner here on on her right, <laughs> my left, Alec. You. Um, how did you guys meet? 
Uh, we meet through the uh, through the Active Together program. I was the uh, coordinator when we had a grant, and Linda was one of the participants. She moved into Peterborough, and she started part- participating in some of the programs and activities that we were offering. So, so that's how we met. So, there's a number of programs um, in Peterborough right now. I believe there's uh, that, that that fall under a bigger heading, and that the uh, what is, is it the um, the disability. Peterborough is it the Peterborough Disability? Um, ah, I can't, I'm so bad with those with those acronyms and stuff. What was it? Council for Persons with Disabilities. There we go. Council for Persons with Disability. So you have um, that that aim is it aim or Tim's program, I believe, uh, where where people can take a walk a mile in your shoes for a day, and um, the program that you guys were talking about uh, just a moment ago. So. The two programs that CVP offers, Council for Persons with Disabilities, is Active Together yep. and Time in My Shoes. Time in My Shoes, that was it. Um, and and that program, Time in My Shoes, did not get any money this year. Is that correct? No, actually the opposite. So Time in My Shoes is funded oh, okay. by the Ontario Trillium Foundation, and uh, that provides funding for uh, to, for programs to be, to be developed, and uh, we go into schools and teach children and the teachers uh, living in our shoes. So there's kind of four sections of visibility, hearing, uh, intellectually challenged, and uh, mobility. And so there's, uh, it, it's very welcomed in the schools. The students are great teachers. And then Active Together is about getting people that face adversity uh, out of their homes and doing different activities. And that's the program that we don't have any funding for at all. And when the funding ran out, uh, Alec and I decided that we would work together and continue that program, continue offering it, uh, because it is a really needed and, and valued program. How, how many participants are in that program right now? I guess it depends on the events that we put on. So we have a, a monthly event and there's about... Uh, approximately 15 people or so that come out on a regular basis. And then it depends what else that we can uh, get out. There's usually, there's about, what, 60 people in the Active Together uh, as far as participants registered. And it's free. You know, people just have to get to know about it and come in and let us know. And we'll let them know about when events are scheduled. And everybody with a self-identified uh, issue is welcome to come. So, Alec, you did Alec um, encourage you to do archery, Linda, or was it? Did you are were you already doing it? Uh, no, I definitely wasn't doing it. And uh, Alec had arranged an archery, and that was the second day I moved into Peterborough when I did the big wow. trip. <laughs> when I did the big splat in the cement on leaving archery. So that was the first time I had uh, I had done it, and that was uh, that was Alex. You have uh, a very impressive looking um, weapon. Alec, <laughs> I'm going to call it a weapon because it is. It looks like a, it's like, wow. What is that called? Well, it's a, uh, it's a competition bow. It's a target bow, but it's a compound bow. So it has the, uh, the advantage, mechanical advantage, so that when you're in full draw, you're holding maybe only 80% of the, uh, the full weight of the bow. So oh, okay. That mechanical advantage. Um, you are an exceptional. Is it an archerist? I don't know what they call you, but I, I know that, that you um, – got a perfect score was it like 40 times or something you got it perfect well no it's uh <laughs> so that, that particular target there's a, there's a number of different targets i was an indoor 
It's called the International Federation of um, Archers. So that particular score is the, the 10 ring is a certain size. That's uh, actually a five point. So if you shoot all five, 60 arrows, shoot all fives, you get a 300. But then inside of that is, I guess, what they call the X ring or the bullseye. And that's used to break ties. So out of the 60 arrows, I shot 48 of those that were inside that bullseye. There's like a blush going on there. Like, oh, I, I, I just did it. You know, like, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> You know, what he's not mentioning is that his bow is a hundred pound bow. Wow. Not quite, 60 pounds. 60 pounds. So at last, a couple weeks ago at archery, I tried pulling it. He told me I would not be able to, and he was right. Yeah. That's a lot of weight. Couldn't make it twinge. Have you um, always been in a wheelchair, or what happened to you? What's your story? I was was 29 years old when I uh, took up deer hunting for the first time with a bow. So I just started shooting a bow and I took up deer hunting and it was uh, my second time out. I was climbing into the tree stand when the uh, branch I was standing on broke Mm. and I fell not very far, only seven feet, but I landed on sort of my head and shoulders and uh, that was enough to get a compression fracture of the spine. So, so that was an event. Yeah. yeah, 1979, long time ago. 79. Wow. And were you by yourself or hopefully you were with somebody? I was hunting with somebody who was at the other end of the property. So it was about three hours before. Oh my goodness. Before wow. When the hunt was finished. Would, would, would time have made a difference for you? I, I don't think so because uh, at that time they didn't have the techniques they have now. So if somebody suffers a spinal cord injury now, they, they get them to the hospital as fast as possible. And they immediately do uh, cooling of the, of the area in the spine that's injured. Mm-hmm. And uh, but they didn't really have that technique back in 1979. So I don't think it would have made a difference. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking to Rick Hansen a couple of weeks ago and he kind of said the same thing that, you know, if it happened today, you might be, make a difference, but yeah. 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 Interesting though. Um, okay. So you've been in a chair for quite a while and I was in a chair um, for a little while. I, I, I was in a motorcycle accident and I was in a hospital six months. So when I came out, I was in a chair for a while yeah. and it's it's hugely um, disappointing in some ways when you go out into the community, and I don't, and I'm sure that you've experienced many times over more than I did. Um, when you're sitting and, and you're trying to pay for something or you're trying to do something, people are kind of looking everywhere but at you. Yeah. It's like, hello, I'm here. Here I am. <laughs> I like to pay for this. Yeah, that's what I found very difficult when I when I got out of rehab. I was in uh, rehab for uh, four months. And it's a, in rehab, it's obviously a very safe and accessible environment. And that was a real shocker when you, uh, when you leave for the first time, you know, so now you're a person with disability going into a world that's designed for the able-bodied. And it is like, it is shocking and it's difficult the first time. And, and for the, my, my biggest complaint, if anybody is listening and you're an architect or anything, the bathrooms, they, t- they put the disabled washroom at the very far end and you have to maneuver your wheelchair to the very, very end of this washroom. And I found I had to take the feet off because it never would turn that corner and go in or anything. So, I mean, it's stupid, stupid, silly. And maybe if I had, you know, professional wheelchair, it makes a difference. I don't know. But I had the, you know, I, w- I was still at the hospital and in rehab. And so I had their... <laughs> They're a big bulky one. I don't know. But I have to say that I know why you can do 100 pounds because very, very good upper body um, strength is had 
from maneuvering that chair around and your body around in that. Yeah, and it's not just maneuvering the chair around. Like um, one of the things I think about being a high performance athlete is that you get into a real discipline and regimen of training and uh, good nutrition. Yeah, know? yeah. That helps tremendously when you, uh, when you need, you know, a lot from your upper body. So you need to be fit and that makes such a difference in quality of life, like being able to transfer out of your chair. For instance, when I do uh, sled skiing or skating, you have to transfer down low and then have to get back into your chair, right? How do you do that? I mean, I have a really hard time just getting off the floor, <laughs> getting to the floor. You know, bathtubs were hard. Um, I, was re- I was really lucky because I'd been just um, – was on the Canadian national dragon boat team. And I had trained, trained, trained to be on the team. We we're about to go to Shanghai when my accident happened. And so they said, Oh my God, we've never seen a woman with such great triceps and be able to lift myself, you know, across the board and, and from bed to whatever. But, um, that's all, that's long gone now. And <laughs> I mean, I, I couldn't do it today. I can tell you that. Yeah. yeah. So that's, you know, that's really the key. I think, um, when you have a disability is to focus on those muscles and those abilities you still have and make sure that you, you know, use those to the maximum. That's why I like the word access, you know, the accessibility is ability. Like, like you said, concentrate on the abilities that you do have instead of those that you don't have anymore. Um, John, you also are in a wheelchair. Can you Uh, tell us your story, please? Um, Yeah, I was uh, 24 when I got injured. It was a workplace injury. Um, uh, I worked construction and we were building a, uh, uh, a large commercial building when a freak storm came through and the building actually collapsed. Wow. So I was, we, there was, uh, there was three of us running out and I was the last one and, uh, the, the wall had collapsed out to the east where we ran out and, uh, it just was this in Peterborough or Toronto? Where were you? Lindsay, Ontario. Oh, and Lindsay. Okay. Yeah. So in 2008, um, so yeah, the wall pinned me to the ground and um, um, crushed my spine from T11 down. Oh uh, my goodness! And uh, broke five ribs, punctured lung, and um, luckily um, everything like the healthcare was amazing. The emergency responders and uh, and everything they got me to Toronto very quick and uh, got my spine stabilized and and. Uh, and went from there and went, went to Lyndhurst uh, for rehab. And, uh, and then, uh, but yeah, that was, uh, that was how my injury, injury happened. I mean, the, the physical toll is one thing. The emotional is something totally else. And, you know, it's not easy to get to where I think you two are today. Um, you know, you're, you look forward to events. You're out there. You're doing your physical. Um, but how difficult was it for you, Alec, after your accident to you know, become emotionally um, invest and go, okay, I'm going to live like with this. A lot of people don't want to live with it. A lot of people say, no, I'm not going to stick around for this. I don't like it. Yeah. And you certainly see that. Like I was in the rehab with eight other folks that had recent uh, spinal cord injuries. And uh, I think what made the huge difference for me was that the second day I was in the hospital, I woke up and my sister, my big sister had come down and she said to me, what have you got yourself into this time? And it really, it really made me realize, you know, when I thought about it, yeah, you know, I did this to myself and I needed to find a way out. So it was, uh, so I had, an, you know, that sort of epiphany and I had an amazing attitude then that says, I'm finding my way out. I'm not going to be limited by this. You know, I'm going to do as much as I can. So 
right from the start, like right from the second day, I was really focused on getting better as opposed to focusing on what I had lost. So I think for me, that made a huge difference. Like I was only in rehab for four months. Uh, actually, it could have been three months, but I stayed an extra month longer to learn how to walk with uh, long leg braces and crutches. So I was able to do that for 28 years. So that, uh, so I just stayed in the hospital. Actually, I stayed at the university and just commuted to the hospital there in Kingston to learn how to walk with braces. So it was a very quick rehab for me. I just want to mention, um, I don't know, Lynn, Lynn uh, Tetra's in the, in the audience and in, on Facebook and she's having trouble hearing us. Oh, it's working now, Lynn. Perfect. Okay, good. Awesome. Yay. <laughs> she was having some troubles but I know that after the show if you ever have problems it'll always the video was working I can see it's working I can see us on there so there is a little delay though usually from this side to that side but other than that that's okay so you recognized early I mean a lot of people go to victim very quickly right they go to victim very quickly oh what was me um, what am I going to do with the rest of my life I'm going to be a burden I can't do anything now and and yeah it's up to me you 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 got it right away Yes, and, and there's, there's lots of resources to, uh, to help you on that way. You just got to, I think one of, the, one of the, probably the biggest barriers that I found was expectations that other people had of me. So once you're disabled, the expectations are extremely low. Yeah. They don't expect you to go back to work. They don't expect you to be a member, you know, to be involved in sports, right? So you really have to challenge other people to say, hey, don't limit me with your expectations, I'll decide what I'm capable of and how much I can do. I so, love that. I love yeah, it. That was one of the biggest barriers that I faced. I thought it was, you know, much more so than the physical environment, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I can totally see that. And Lynn, I'm going to get to you in a minute, but John, how are you? How are you? Uh, yeah. Uh, along the You're a young guy. Uh, like yeah, after my yeah. injury, it was, it was family and friends. Just, uh, I knew I had a great network of support right after injury and um, kind of got really into the fiscal part of it. Just I wanted to be independent with transferring and everything. So um, worked a lot at keeping my strength and everything and, and have continued that. And I think that's a huge part of it because you want to be as, as mobile as you can. And, and uh, you're always in a different situation, especially when you're trying new things and, um uh yeah you always want to be able to 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 uh to physically do it um if you can if you want to um try different things. like was there a day when it hit you, you go oh my god i'm never gonna walk i'm never gonna walk again like did that day come and what happened um yeah i i mean it did come to me but i i worked i worked hard really hard on uh trying to recover whatever i could after my injury so yeah. Um, did some therapy down in the States and stuff and, uh, didn't know what would come back, but I wanted to give it a good shot. And, um, and then I found sports and it's, I mean, that just, just opened, uh, you know, a whole new world up again. You, you get to meet other people with disabilities and get to hear their story, get to learn from them. And, um, you know, you get that social aspect back in your life. And, uh, um, and then you get to compete again. Like I found curling and I just, I, I fell in love with it. It's just, it's just such a fun sport. I uh, heard that you're water skiing now. I actually, yeah, I just got back from Florida. So I was down there for eight days with a, uh, 
Um, it was a, a water ski wakeboard Canada um, reach out camp. So it was kind of um, trying to find people interested, trying to get people interested in, in water skiing, whether it's just recreationally and, uh, and, you know, anything down the line, maybe competing um, um, for Canada kind of thing. So, so how does that work? Tell me. How does that, I can't visualize it yet. So, yeah. So you, um, you sit in a, they call it a cage. So it's a seat cage. Okay. It's basically a metal frame and it has a fabric sling on it. And that is mounted to a, a water ski, which the, the sit ski is a little wider than a, than an average, um, Got it. water ski. And then it's bolted on and you sit in it and then it has a foot strap that your feet go in. And, um, depending on your ability, usually when you start, you'll be in the water and you'll have a side skier with you. So like an able body in water skis, Yeah, they'll tow beside you and they'll help you get up. Cause it, the hardest part was definitely getting up, um, by yourself independently. So that's something to, that I worked really hard on. I had, I had done it, um, a little bit before I came to this camp, uh, or went to that camp. So, so that's uh, a lot of upper body strength to get up. Yeah, uh, and technique. I think techniques. Um, it is. It is. Are, are there women doing it? Yeah, yeah. There, there's quite a few. So nice. I was surprised. There's quite a few different classes that are in um, in the sport, competitive wise, and there's a men and women for both. So very good. Yeah. Well, Linda, um, if you didn't see Linda last week, um, we Linda Linda was born uh, legally blind. She started off riding horses and her parents gave her a motorized go-kart. And so she drives, <laughs> which I love. Not on public roads now. <laughs> <laughs> I have a daughter-in-law who won't drive because people don't want me on the road. I'm like, mm, well, okay. Um, it's so funny. But you are involved in so many things. And like I, I, I found out that Linda is an adrenaline junkie. And if it says, you know, she could get hurt, she's in. She's like, yeah, I'm there. Fall off a mountain? Okay, good. No, seriously, though. Um, Linda, you're doing an amazing job volunteering and creating safe spaces for people to get involved. And, you know, really, like, what what a great champion you are for those with inconveniences. The Active Together program, Alec and I feel really strongly how important it is, you know, to get people out of their homes. Many people don't have the, uh, they may not even have the income to participate in events, and they may not have the organizational skills. And, you know, when you have a, a good, safe environment, we are all capable of doing just about everything, and sometimes with modifications, you know. Right archery there's some modifications that have been done so that you know one gentleman only had one arm you know so Alec developed a, a device so that he could he could come and shoot wow. so we try to make every every idea that we come up with we don't want anybody to not be able to participate in some way Love and that. It's so important to get uh, for so many reasons you know the health the physical activity the the mental health you know um, the group that are getting together we've seen how they've meld and people who didn't really talk at first and now wow you can't get an art a word in edgewise you know everyone's uh it's made 
uh, I'm not sure who's gotten more out of it, you know, me or the people that come because it, it just, uh, I'm definitely passionate about it. You know, how difficult was it to get them to come out for the first time? Uh, there was emails. Alec and I phoned everybody that, uh, for the first two or three months, we would phone and encourage, uh, text, you know, just kind of constant reminders and, and, uh, and then word would spread, you know, someone may tell a friend or, and now they just, you know, uh, now we don't, we find we don't even have to call anymore. Yeah. They just arrive. They just arrive. And I just want to give a shout out to the, to the room here. Adriana. Hi. And, uh, Himanish, thanks for joining us today. That's great. Um, you, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm imagining, because I don't know, but I'm imagining that when people come out for the first time, they want to tell their story. Do they want to tell their story? Do they want to talk about what happened to them? or No. They just no, want to get involved? No, no? Just, no, we don't ask. We don't ask what, because sometimes uh, their disability or their inconvenience is, uh, you can't see what it is. Right. And, and we don't ask. Uh, so, um, no, no one really divulges or has to divulge or uh, I know in the last last month we met and I did get talking with one gentleman and he told me but that's been after several months it's it's not expected or um, but there are some fascinating stories that people have you know have pushed themselves through I yeah I can absolutely imagine that what are they asking for like what kinds of events are people asking for now? I mean, they've experienced the archery and the, in, in, you know, curling. What, what else are they, are they sailing? Are you sailing? Are you dragon boating? Are you like, what are you doing? Or what do they want? But I mean, how can we help? They like to try everything, you know, and it's just, we're trying to do things that as many people can participate in as possible. So, you know, some of the activities aren't conducive to some of the people with their limitations. So, we're trying to find something that at least the majority can participate in. So it is, you know, it's, it's a little bit difficult to try to find something beyond that, but, the, but they just want to experience new things. So anything that we do is new is something that they want. We had, uh, we did billiards for instance, uh, just recently, and we had a really good turnout for billiards. You know, so folks are interested in that archery. Everybody loves archery and that's, that's no bias on my part. Uh, it's just something like yeah. you and wheelchair curling is something else, John, that people really like to try, yeah. you know, yeah. so. golf is next on the list. Yeah. We're going to try We're going to do golfing and, um, uh, Oh, even cooking classes. We're going to arrange a cooking class. So not everything is necessarily physical, right. you know, uh, it, it, because there's the social aspect and many people don't necessarily know how to cook good, healthy meals or simple meals or meals for one. Right. Yeah. Uh, um, so it's really whatever idea anyone comes up with and we try to make it work. Are you providing any hookups? Like dating stuff? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not my uh, forte. <laughs> No, we'll leave that to the uh, computer sites for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If any of that's going on, we don't know about it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. So what's, what, what's happening? Um, are you doing a, a volunteer week activity next week for the National Volunteer Week? Will you be doing that? Or are you going to go right to uh, National Accessibility? 
Yeah, we're focused on National Accessibility Week, so we're going to try a different format. Uh, the format that we've had before was that we would have sort of one one event where we would have the politicians make the declaration that this is, you know, Accessibility Week. Uh, we're doing a different format, so we're trying to get local businesses and services involved so that we get a whole range of activity during the whole week. So, for instance, uh, you know, the Pet Value is going to put on a dog grooming clinic for guide dogs that week. Uh, we've got the Archery Club providing sort of instruction for visually impaired archers. Uh, so we're hoping to get as many businesses and services involved where they do a focus, a focus on inclusion, so including people with disability as part of their events and sort of showcasing their accessibility and their inclusiveness. So I like that. That's, that's what we're doing, producing that calendar of events, and then hopefully, you know, we'll give people a whole menu of things that they can do during the whole week. And really, the other point is to showcase that Peterborough is a very accessible community, you know, and very inclusive. Well, Peterborough is an interesting, you know, place. Um, you do have the water, and you do have, you know, uh, the land, I guess. And, and, and it, it, I love Peterborough actually. I haven't been for a little while, but I like to go out there cause it's, it's fun. Um, there's some native galleries out there. I really like to go to and, um, a lot, a lot of history out there. I think so. so it's, a, it's a pretty cool little town. How many people live there? Now? I call it, keep calling it a little town because like I, like I live in a big city here. How many people are there now? I think it's close to 80,000 now. I know it was 78. Oh, still little. Okay. <laughs> it's not humble at 5,000, but it's still little. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What about, um, are you doing any, like, skiing activities or snowboarding or anything like that? Have you tried anything like that, John? Uh, I haven't as far as winter sports, you mean? Mm-hmm. Um, no. Um, skating. Tried skating, yeah. yeah. Alec got me at skating. Nice. Um, tried that. I'll have to. I haven't tried skiing with him, so that'll be next year. Get out skiing with him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, curling keeps you pretty busy in the winter. So, um, do you get experts, Alec, from from different organizations to come and help with showing people how 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 to do things like like skating or skiing or? No, I. I mean, I have. I have experience in a lot of these types of things, so it's just it's just introducing them, right? If if somebody wants to get competitive, and yeah, they're going to have to go to a more expert coach. But my my whole focus is just introducing people to different things. So we do uh, cross country skiing or para skiing. It's done similar to the uh, skating on the sledge, like a sit down sledge. So that's something that's a great sport too. So I know the basic techniques. Um, actually, in para skiing. I've para Nordic. I've been out to a training camp in Canmore there at one point in time in my career. I was um, considering doing that competitively. So I was invited out to a development camp. So I did learn a lot at those camps. So, you know, I impart that knowledge, but. So I guess you could do a biathlon, couldn't you, with the archery and the, and the, and the cross country in a Olympic kind of setting. Yeah, they do biathlon, but we don't have the facilities at our club to do biathlon. So. Do they do parabiathlon? Yeah, they do parabiathlon, yeah. That'd be kind of fun, actually. Yeah. Yeah. If you were young and in shape. 
<laughs> I hear it's hard work. So you can I be, started with the skating first. Billiards but, is just uh, an excuse to drink beer, is that it? <laughs> you can be old and in shape too, remember? Yeah. Yes, you can. Exclude us older guys. But I, I think the, the way Alec did, like, like learning with him to skate, just knowing personally, like, it, it's, it still takes a while to learn how to skate. Like, it, the balance was oh, hard. Yeah. I'm still trying to learn how to turn and everything. So I think just getting out on the ice and getting the exposure and, and Alec giving uh, tips on technique is, is a great, great way to start. Yeah, getting up is really yeah. It was tough too, but I think it's a great way to start just to get out and and I think everybody's disability is a little different, so everybody has kind of a different way that they make it work, kind of thing. What about um, age group? Are you do you have kids out, or is it mostly adults that you're that you guys are working with? Eighteen and up basically is yeah yeah. yeah. So mainly adults is the active together group. I know that you talk in schools and, you know, I've heard so many, you know, different people say, oh my God, if that happened to me, uh, uh, my life is over. I'd kill myself. I wouldn't, I couldn't go on. And, you know, I often say, well, you don't know what you can put up with or what you can do until you're forced or faced with it, truly. But did you, either of you think that way before you had your accident? Did that Was that a thought that ever crossed your mind? Did you ever think, oh, I'm lucky to be able-bodied or... Uh, it didn't really like, I didn't have a lot of exposure to people in, in wheelchairs, um, in my circle of friends or family. So I don't particularly remember having that thought. And, um, but, uh, yeah, I'm along the same lines as you. Like you never know what, um, how you respond to something until you're put in that situation. Yeah. It's funny because like both, both my husband and my son work commercial construction and that's a thought that, you know, they think about a lot is you know, what would happen if, or how can we keep it safer and what can we do here? Cause people fall off and do stupid stuff all the time. And, right. um, you know, at workplaces, accidents are very, very common, even though, you know, they're not supposed to be. Yeah. 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 The one difference between John and I is like, we have, we have an acquired, we have an injury, right. And the focus there can be getting better. Mm-hmm. Even though, yes, I'm going to be in a wheelchair, I can get better and better at how I use the wheelchair and how I adapt to the wheelchair and getting into sports. Where if somebody has a, some sort of a chronic disease and it's actually getting worse and worse, right. that is a totally different type of thing. So that's true. Be very positive because we can say, okay, let's try something. You know, we're going to get better. We're going to get better at this. We're going to do something different. You're not in pain at all, either of you. Pardon? You know, do, you, do you have pain? Like, do you have any pain with your injury? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you do? Yeah. oh, you do? Yeah, quite a bit in my injury site and, and all around and everything. You know? Yeah, but it's just something you get used to. Yeah. And like a, a might, it's been 36 years for me. And, you know, you mentioned it now and I say, oh, yeah, I have pain. But otherwise, I wouldn't even think about it. You don't think about it? Yeah, no. Yeah. That's amazing. You yeah. guys are incredible. So I know that, you know, Linda kind of had a bucket list of things that she wants to do with with uh, her life. What What about you? Do you have anything on your bucket list, John, that – is next Do you want to like go you know parasailing or something or uh well i did parasailing when i was able body and i wasn't it wasn't amazing for me like it, it's not very adrenaline rush like um i i liked skydive i bungee jumped when i was when i was able body that was amazing um yeah skydiving would be cool and um uh, 
you get better at this. I really enjoyed the water skiing, so I'd like to improve and try. When I got out of the hospital, there was a, I think it's called para, para, parachute, and it's like a, a, a machine that goes up with a parachute, and it's kind of like you're flying oh, yeah. with a little engine, and I always wanted to do that. Paragliding. Is that like the like it's not the a glider though? Is that what you mean? No, Pardon no. me. Like the indoor skydiving? No, no. It, it, you 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 go up. It's like it has like a parachute on it, and it, but it's not it's not a glider, uh, but it has a motor, and it's it's like a little flying machine kind of thing. It's, it's oh okay. Cool. I know. I mean, cool. yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, you sort of lay on it flat out. Or you can sit and two people. You, you can sit tandem and and go up too. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be neat. Yeah, I thought that would be kind of a fun thing to to try. <laughs> For those adrenaline that. junkies out there. Yeah, I no bucket a, list? I don't have a bucket list. No, I just have an open mind. So if someone <laughs> He's up for anything. Try anything once. That's exactly. Opportunity presents itself, I'll try it. Beautiful. Oh, yeah. Lynn, Lynn says she's sure that bungee jumping with a wheelchair could be done, but the impact on the body might not be recommended. <laughs> if, you watch the, uh, if you watched Rick, the Rick Mercer show, yes. had, uh, Rick Hansen bungee jumping on one of the shows. Yeah. Oh, did he? And wow. I think, I think yeah. uh, Rick Mercer did it, too. Rick Mercer did it, too. Yeah, yeah they both did it. Wow. Know, like when I, when I bungee jumped, bungee jumped able body, it's not very much impact on this. Oh, it isn't? It feels like it would be like a huge it's impact not, on your body. You know, generally, you come down, you kind of stop, and then it gently pulls you back up and springs you. So doesn't you look gentle to me. <laughs> and Alec, you, you're traveling the world. Where are you going? Tell us about all the places you've been. Oh, I've been, well, I've been involved in uh, Paralympic sport on the national team since, uh, 1983 so there's not are you a coach for some teams pardon are you a coach for some teams uh i was a coach uh, last year for the invictus uh, games which okay was, yeah the wounded soldier program yeah so i help but i don't have a uh, i'm not into coaching yet because i'm still an active athlete so i'm still on the national team so yeah i've traveled i don't think there's any continent that i haven't been to in most countries so wow I've been to, uh, I think, about 12 world championships or 13 world championships. And, and you just came I, home with a bronze, didn't you? Uh, no. No? Did I, am I not reading this correctly? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Ontario Winter Games. Uh, we were at the Ontario Winter Games for curling. Really? That was a bronze medal. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, Thank sorry. you, Linda. Thank you. He's got so many. <laughs> like a total idiot. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good problem to have. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I can't remember them all. I'm sorry. <laughs> wow, that's pretty exciting. And what about, are you traveling, John? I know that you just said you came back from Florida water skiing, but are you? Uh, at, a little you... bit. I traveled a bit. Um, well, water skiing, yeah, I was in Florida. So um, Winter Haven, we were there for eight days water skiing. Um, curling was pretty busy year this year. I was in Edmonton in September and um, Green Bay, Wisconsin in October. Um, that was with the national program and, um, and then we, it was actually really cool. We got the continental cup was in London, Ontario this year. So we got to play on the ice and got a little TSN time and everything. So nice. Was, yeah. 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 So. so is there a country that you that you want to go to? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd like to jump the pond, I think, go over to Europe and, uh, see, 
you know, Great Britain, Ireland, all that, uh, Scotland, and uh, even farther, Australia. So, so the yeah. Commonwealth. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. I know Linda's going to go mountain climbing in in uh, Utah. Yep, I'm looking forward to that. And what? Anything across the pond or any other country that you're looking forward to going to? No, I'll just I'll t- I'll steal uh, Alex line. I'll just keep my options open. <laughs> there you go. So I'm really whenever I see an opportunity, I just you know yeah, let's do that. You know so. Um, uh, how are you raising money? I mean, the government's not giving you any money for your program. So how how are these things funded? Is it just personal, personally funded um, by each individual? Is that pretty much how it's going? Yeah, it's personally funded or we approach businesses and we explain the situation. And so usually businesses give us, a, cut us a real break. They, they're, the uh, Peterborough businesses have been very accommodating. So that's been great. And uh, we're just, we are searching and hoping for funding and even, or sponsorships, you know, we're open to anything on when it comes to uh, money for this program and, yeah. and keep it going because that's going to open more options. You know, there are some things that are definitely costs and there's transportation issues for some of the people as well. Sure. Yeah. Now, uh, does anybody have a dog in your group? Does anybody come with a, with a seeing eye dog? No. Nobody? No. Nobody? Okay. I think I uh, visually impaired. Yeah, the only you're vis- the only visually impaired person. Yeah. yeah. Wow, you're dangerous. <laughs> Just teasing you. Um, the um, the chairs that both of you are in, how expensive can they get, and how long do they last? Well, the chairs uh, chair that I have currently was uh, sixty two hundred dollars. Just a manual chair. So, wow. Yeah, it's, they they try to make it lightweight, and they say there's a lot of expense in the design, so it's. So chairs are typically $6,000 plus. Um, they'll last usually five years, eh, John? Yeah, that's the, that's a lifetime. Like if you get, you get a lifetime warranty on a wheelchair, they consider it five years. So Wow. So that's a lot of money. And who helps you pay for those? Well, the Ontario, um, they have the, uh, the ADE, ADE. Yeah, sorry. which is the Adaptive uh, Assistive Devices Program. Yep. So they will pay 75% of eligible uh, for eligible equipment so it could include uh, wheelchairs includes uh, walkers walkers and, all kinds of assistive devices crutches, yeah all kinds of assistive devices so and, and will it retrofit your car if you want to drive or no no no, no you'd have to go through um like a march of dimes or something like that for for funding for yeah. accessible ride so the funding that you're looking for for this program, though, is um, is event funding. Is that? Yeah, yeah, it's event funding. You know, so definitely active together is uh, is our focus uh, right now. Presently, our uh, our upcoming focus is National Accessibility Week. You know, providing it's about providing. It's not about fundraising. Accessibility Week. It's strictly about education and awareness, getting businesses to open up. Uh, their doors to show that they are accessible and especially uh, those that may offer some form of sport so that uh, the able-bodied and those that may live with a disability can come and enjoy it maybe and introduce themselves to something new and and showcase kind of both sides 
So you've, you've lived in um, Peterborough a long time, Alec, have you? No, I moved here. Uh, I work with the Ministry of Natural Resources, so I moved okay. over to the province. So I moved here in, uh, what was it, 2006, I believe it was. Okay, okay. Uh, I, I was with the government too. Um, did, you, did you ever do the Wolf Watch in Peterborough with MNR? The Wolf Watch? I did that in Algonquin Park, but not, yeah. not here in Peterborough, but in Algonquin okay. Park I did that, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Um, okay. So I'm just wondering, since you've been there since 2006, it's now 18, how, how much change have you seen as far as accessibility with the businesses in town? Like what kind of growth have you seen and witnessed? Yeah, the Peterborough area, you know, if I go back even further, when I was first injured, so going back to 1979, 1980, there's been a tremendous amount of work done with respect to accessibility in the physical environment by that I mean ramps and curb cuts and audible traffic signals and those types of things so a tremendous amount of work has been done in that area um, the problem I mean it's a lot of the issue still is with you know I call there's accessibility and there's inclusion yeah for instance when I went back to work uh, they made the office accessible and the fact they put a ramp in where there were stairs and I got an office on the bottom floor uh, the issue, of course, was that the rest of my unit was on the second floor. There's no elevator. Uh, the meeting room were on the second floor, and the coffee room was in the basement. So, so the building was accessible, but it certainly was not inclusive. And in then I couldn't right. wait in coffee breaks. If I if there was a meeting upstairs, I'd have to dial in. You know. Oh my gosh. So, um, but I mean that was that was 1980, right? So, and then as the Trillium grant grew there was lots more funding available through trillium for businesses and private sector to start acquiring grants to do that so there's been a tremendous amount of work in that area and i think you know when i think of the peterborough curling club uh, they didn't have a lift to the lounge area until you know one of my predecessors carl started curling there and then it was in no time at all they had that and in our club now they're putting in accessible doors like the door automatic door openers so you know, once once you start participating and being included in those types of activities, there's grants available, and it's a lot of the businesses and clubs are very, very proactive in seeking out grants and making those changes to make you know to make the club very, very inclusive. So I, I think you agree with me that the Peterborough Curling Club is a fantastic club with respect to being inclusive for people with disabilities. Yeah, it's been amazing. They uh, they really just adopted us right into their curling club and you know we're just we're just like another member there we we play f full league games and you know um everything just just works like it's uh it's great it's a really accessible club and is, is there anyone in town that you go oh my gosh i wish they would just get up to date i wish they would you know fix something so i could go in there or do something well, they, there's two bowling alleys in Peterborough, and yeah. neither one, so like our Active Together group, unless we exclude everybody with a mobility issue, and mobility issue isn't just in a wheelchair. Sure. Walkers or can't do stairs, and so both those facilities have extremely uh, either steep stairs going down or steep stairs going up. Uh, and uh yeah. Well, that's kind of the first one that comes to ones, mind. Yeah, the ones in the basement and the other ones on the second floor. So. Yes. Yeah. You know, Plus the theater, the movie theaters. They're good, usually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're good. So, 
So the thing is, I think there's there's options. Like there's some restaurants, of course, that aren't accessible, but mm-hmm. it's very, very difficult for some of the older buildings to become accessible because they obviously can't put a big ramp out onto the sidewalk because that would obstruct all the pedestrian traffic. So, But I find that a lot of the businesses, they do have portable ramps. So if I go to a certain restaurant, you know, and make it known that I would like to come in, they have a portable ramp, they put it out, and they help you up. Oh, that's nice. I like yeah. that. There was a really cool video. I can't remember. It was a couple years ago where it was almost like an escalator stair that that went down. But then when people wanted to come, it would open, it would open. And then, you know, it would start to rise and, and this escalator, this ramp or whatever would go. That was very cool. I mean, you can be ingenious. (laughs) It costs money. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) So like I say, there's, there's lots and lots of changes made in the physical environment really where we need to work on, I think is in sort of the, the attitudes of people. So, you know, a lot of people, when they see a person in a wheelchair, they, they make some automatic assumptions, right? First impressions. So they'll assume that you're in a wheelchair. Oh, you're, you're not healthy. So there's something wrong with your health. Whereas John and I can attest that yes, we're in a wheelchair, but we're very, very healthy. Like we've right. health. uh, there's lots of concern. You know, people would say, Oh, they're dependent. So, you know, an example I use is um, I went to the bank when I first came to Peterborough and I was going to deposit a check. So I put the check on the counter and right away the, the cashier there asked the lady behind me whether I would like cash in my checking or savings account. So the assumption was that I had a caregiver with me, right? Right. Those are still some of the attitudes that we need to work on. And, uh, you know, I think things like the Paralympic Games uh, are a fantastic way that the whole, the whole part of the Paralympic movement is they want to turn the focus from the disability to the ability. Right. What they're doing is showcasing ability instead of disability. So I, I, like think, it. I think that's really powerful and it's come a long way to make people realize that, hey, person in a person in a wheelchair, don't have expectations that they're not going to be able to do certain things, right? And that's really where we want to get is, yes, there's certain limitations, but certainly there's lots and lots of ability. Yeah, yeah. Focus of Council for Persons with Disabilities, the organization that, you know, we represent. You know, it is, it's about uh, providing an opportunity uh, for those with a disability and, and to uh, get involved in things and, and also provide understanding and education to complete Peterborough County, you know, and across. It sounds to me like you, and I might be wrong, but I think I might be right, that you guys are, are really at the forefront of something, that you're spearheading um, that a community in, in ways that other communities are going to want to follow suit if they're not already. So are you being reached out to by other communities right now and going, how are you doing this? And uh, how can I, I be like you guys? Uh, not at this point. No, no. Well, you will. No, I'm not here. That may change. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think you know the work that you guys are doing is, is absolutely fantastic, and I'm not sure how we're going to get attitudes to change, Alec. But you know, certainly, um, like with anything, because like, I'm working, you know, on compassion for animals and things like that. I think it starts with young people. It starts with in the schools because they're the easiest minds to change, and and they tend to teach their grown up parents. Um, no, don't say that. Don't think like that. It's not right. It's not correct. You know, you're wrong. And, and I, I see a lot of that. Happening. When we go into the schools and, and do the teaching, you know, the, the kids are amazing, you know, with the Tim's program. And so we are, 
uh, it is one of the the things. It is where you know you start kind of from the ground or the young up to change attitudes. Yeah. Them, we don't even we're not necessarily even having to change attitudes. We just have to expand their knowledge and give them further understanding. You know, just because someone's visually impaired doesn't mean that they're deaf. You know, there's a lot of assumptions like right, that. right, yeah. So, like John yeah. had to talk louder because he was in a chair, and I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm way over here. And we're <laughs> pretty far away. I thought, yeah. I <laughs> but I think yeah. one of the one of the ways that we change attitudes is just by getting out into the community and showing abilities, right? Like when I go yeah. grocery shopping, I'm out in the community doing my own grocery shopping, and I think that changes people's attitudes. Simple little things like that, you know. The fact mm-hmm. that curling in the curling club there's lots and lots of people that see us curling and that changes attitudes too so yeah i think the fact that we're just out there and we're being able doing things that we're doing is has a huge impact on how many people come up and ask you if they can help you while you're grocery shopping oh daily it's it's daily and it's i mean people do it out of the kindness of their heart but right like do you have a reacher for the top shelves or no, that's, that's when I take advantage and ask somebody to help me. Yeah. yeah. That's about the only time. Can you John, that for me? John and I are both oh, bachelors, so, yeah, we take advantage of that. We do, we do. <laughs> they wait for the right woman to come along yeah. and then. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Could you feel those for me? Tell me if they're all right. <laughs> We're on here. I didn't know you knew my tricks. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. Uh, they're there for sure. That's hilarious. Oh my gosh. Well, you guys are, are, are really certainly something special. And I am so glad that I got to meet all of you. And Linda, you know, for this, um, being in charge of National Accessibility Week, Computer World, like that's, that's a huge honor and a huge, you know, role for you. Uh, are you did you volunteer for that? <laughs> I have a feeling I'll do it. Actually, no. I, uh, it is nominated. an honor. I, I do work with a, a committee uh, of a variety of people. Uh, but no, I, I actually didn't honor. I was appointed. Uh, nice. I also uh, am the communication coordinator for Council for Persons with Disabilities. So I was appointed the position. And I, I was like, oh, this is... This is huge, <laughs> like I, but it, it's fun. We're it's working out beautifully. We've expanded the program, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. And the, the committee has worked hard. Yeah, yeah. I just have another question. In in that Tim's program, um, like, do you bring uh, wheelchairs or or different kinds of things yes. for people to sit in and try and see how how could I do it? Yeah, and that's where the Troium funding comes in. Yeah, uh, too that. Uh, it provides the opportunity that uh, if chairs need to be rented or uh, a lot of times they can be borrowed from other organizations. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is an outreach coordinator for the TIMS program uh, that does organize all of that. And, but there's certainly, there are costs involved because a lot of the volunteers that go into the schools, uh, they're long distances. And so, you know, transportation has to be arranged. Sure. But we take all the chairs and, even visual aid devices and uh, and with different mobility devices. So uh, you're the only sighted person or non-sighted person, I guess, or visible challenge, sighted challenge person. <laughs> I don't know what we're going to call you. Uh, are there any deaf people in your group? 
So I'm not the only visually impaired in the Tim's program that goes into schools. Okay. There's a few of us that do that. Okay. Uh, and uh, there is, uh, there is, there is a deaf section and the mobility section and then the intellectually uh, challenged or the more like the invisible uh, things that people may challenge if they're say autistic or ASD, there's different things that uh, mm-hmm. deal with. So there's that, that area. Um, I haven't actually been able to attend in the hearing section because I'm always, you know, teaching in the visual section. Yeah. So sure what I know that uh, they put uh, headphones on everybody so that they can't hear. And, and then we'll play, uh, read things and see what people, because it, the hearing's muffled or they can't hear. And so it's, you know, it's showing people how someone with a hearing impairment, you know, is not included in conversations and what that right. would like to deal with. It's tough. Yes. It's tough. Like you get, you know, you tune out because you can't hear. And so you become more isolated. Yeah. Yeah. And being visually impaired, like 90, like a lot, 90% of communication really uh, is a lot of it is body language. Right. And, and then the second part is of course people talking. And so it's, especially if someone is dealing with say visual and hearing, you know, and it might, even if it's not a hundred, like complete in both, but it, you know, it does take away. And so it's just trying to educate people, you know, Facing, facing when you, if you know someone's hearing impaired, talking to them, you know, not turning your head or right. it's just simple things that can make things like a lot easier. So if somebody's listening today and they want to um, get in touch with you, they have a family member or they, they, they themselves want to become involved, how can they do that? They can go to the Council for Persons with Disabilities website and uh, email uh, so my email is Linda, L-Y-N-D-A, at pcpd.ca. They can also go on the website and subscribe to the newsletter that comes out monthly. And that gives an overview of the TIMS program and any achievements that CPD had, does each well, month. Well, this Council with Persons with Disabilities, there must be a lot of those websites, kind of. Is there a specific? P. So PC. PCPD. Yeah, so PCPD. Yeah. And if you're listening anywhere really in the world and you want to um, replicate the the wonderful work that these three are doing, you know, certainly reach out to to Linda Alec or John and um, I'm sure they'll help you find your way. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, the three of you, for being my guest today. Thanks, everybody in the chat room. That was really sweet of you to show up. We love that. And uh, best of luck. And I'm going to wish you a happy volunteer week next week because you're all volunteers. You are. And, and, you know, have a wonderful National Accessibility Week. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Frankie. Okay. I'm going to take us out of here. going to stop our live stream. Bye, everybody in Facebook. We're going. And I'm going to.